Wrestling with the Basics is made possible in part by a generous gift from Set Apart to Serve, uh, the church work recruitment initiative of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Many church workers always knew they wanted to serve in Christ's church. That's pretty well, I think, the situation for myself. Matt, you too. You, you always wanted to be a pastor, didn't you? Yeah, you know, I think from uh, you know junior high is when that seed was planted, and I think that's true of uh, many of our, our youth, you know, and, and many that, that go into pastoral ministry maybe as a first career, right? Uh, yeah, junior well, high, well you know what? I, I, that, I think probably years ago that would probably have been true of the majority, but I think right now there's probably many pastors, teachers, and other full-time workers who actually didn't plan that. And exactly. And it was like God called them. In yes. fact, they had pretty successful careers in other, other lines of service. Uh, and, and so that's who we're talking to. If there's anybody out there, if you or if you have a friend who you've been praying and you've been thinking about a second career as a church worker, and, and as we've been saying, it's a good gig. It's a really good gig. Uh, the Set Apart to Serve team, they, they want to help you. So visit kfuo.org slash S-A-S. So you Set Apart to Serve there, Matt. S-A-S. Yeah. Uh, that's kfuo.org slash S-A-S. And now we'll continue with uh, wrestling with the basics. We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Jolly John Wachowski, uh, and I'm actually back down in your neck of the woods, Matt, recording from my office in New Athens, Illinois. You're back in your uh, southern home, uh, New Athens, Illinois. That's about yes. as far south as you go, I guess, yeah. John. <laughs> yeah, in my, in my upstairs office where I can't run the air conditioner because it makes too much noise, so the sweat is just pouring off of me at this oh, point. no! And, and who am I speaking with? Well, thanks for making the sacrifice for our sure. listeners, John. That's right. I am uh, Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark coming to you from my cool climate-controlled office at Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. You working guys. Rub it into us retired guys. (laughs) I know. It must be rough, John. Yeah, we can't afford the whole cool-controlled things anymore. We're living in our attics. We're on a fixed income. (laughs) We're living in our attics. Um, And and, uh, Matt, uh, we've been doing psalms for the summer and uh, we are in the middle of a discussion about imprecatory psalms. And maybe you need to explain to people what an imprecatory psalm is. An imprecatory psalm. They are the ones that leave you scratching your head thinking, what in the world is going on here? This is in the Bible? Um, because imprecatory means curse. So it's psalms of, of curses. And so you have these authors of the psalms. And, and most of the time it is David who is calling down curses upon his enemies, but also uh, the enemies of the Lord, really. So these are some psalms that are really ones that we need to wrestle with, uh, most certainly to have a proper understanding of of why is this in Scripture? Why does David say what he does, how he does? Uh, so it's these psalms of curses. So I'm going to give an example here, because uh, Matt said, hey, you want a really good example? <laughs> I think, well, sure, cursing people. <laughs> the, the cursory, the better. Uh, right. So here's one. Even knows how to curse, John, let me tell you. (laughs) 
So from Psalm 69, verses 22 through 25, and actually I noticed it gets even better after those verses, if, if that's the word you want to use. <laughs> let their own table before them become a snare. And when they are at peace, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation. Let no one dwell in their tents, for they persecute you whom you have struck down, and they recount the pain of those you have wounded. Add to them punishment upon punishment. May they have no acquittal from you. Whoa, Matt. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a curse for you. Now, yes. now, when we ended up the show a week ago, uh, Matt and I continued to talk about this, and Matt had some really, really wonderful insights and what this means to us as Christians today. But unfortunately, of course, we weren't recording. <laughs> <laughs> our best stuff is when we're off the air, John. <laughs> so so Ian, Ian's our producer. And Ian, if you're listening, from here on out, Matt and I are going to just sit down. We're going to start recording, and it's up to you to break it up into sections <laughs> that will fit into 30-minute periods, okay? Yeah. Um, I'm sure he'll love Ian, that. Well, if we were doing podcasts, it wouldn't because podcasts, you know, they can go on forever. But unfortunately, we're also on radio, <laughs> on live, actual people listening at the very moment radio. And therefore, it has to be done in, in, uh, within a half hour. Uh, but if I could, Matt, real quickly, I just want to review with you what I heard you say. And then, yeah, share these really great insights you had uh, with me a week ago. Um, the first thing I, I heard you saying is that uh, one of the things we need to recognize is is these people are accusing um, David unfairly, unjustly. Uh, the accusations, the attacks they're making on him, he doesn't deserve. Was yes. that correct? Yeah, it's correct. And, and you know, just again, I, I, with Psalm 69, as you're saying that, John, I'm just looking ahead, yeah, you know, yeah. looking back to uh, verse verses 4 and 5 where David says, um, more in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause, without oh, okay. cause. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then he says, uh, God, you know my folly in verse five. The wrongs I've done are not hidden from you. So basically saying, God, you know the wrong I've done. We both do, right? <laughs> but but these people are, are charging me without cause. So yeah, exactly, John. It's with without reason, without cause. And 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 so that's a good biblical point to make. Because First Peter chapter two verse twenty says, "For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God." So it definitely makes a difference that they're not attacking him because of what he did, because that would be fair game. And yeah, yes. don't be surprised at that. Then the second thing you said, if I can remember correctly, is that he isn't asking himself he's not he's not saying he's going to go out and avenge these people uh, he's not going to go out and seek uh, harm upon these people who have harmed him but rather he's calling upon God to do that which again that would be very biblical from Romans chapter 12 beloved never avenge yourselves but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord so 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 it, it's legitimate from that respect right mm -hmm. Matt Exactly. And I, I think that's, you know, for me, uh, John, that is the kind of strongest um, support for these imprecatory psalms. When they leave a scratch in our heads, what is going on here? Notice who the psalm is addressed to. The entire psalm is really addressed 
to the Lord, right? He's crying out to the Lord about the injustice. He's crying out to the Lord saying, you know, let, let their camp be desolate. Let their eyes be darkened. Uh, let their loins tremble continually. Um, it's all addressed to God. And so instead of, you know, David gouging out their eyes so they're darkened, instead of David chasing them down so their loins tremble with fear, instead he brings it before the Lord. He puts it into God's hands, which everything's already in God's hands anyway, right? But David recognizes that. And, and like, I love that verse you quoted from Romans, uh, vengeance is the Lord, not David's. And he recognizes that. Exactly. So, so here's the thought I had. So, yeah, it, it's, it, we call upon God to, to deal with these evil, wicked people and the harm they've caused us. And, and, and it occurred to me, you know, the only problem that we really have, we, we could just stop our discussion now. Why, why, why are we all wrapped, uh, worked up about the imprecatory psalms? Every, same, we're, we're calling upon God to work. We're not going to work vengeance on our own. And it occurred to me, the only problem that we really have with the imprecatory psalms is Jesus. <laughs> you know, if you take Jesus out of the picture, there's no problem with an imprecatory psalm. But but darn that Jesus, you know, he says, you've heard it said that you should you should love your friends and hate your enemies. But I tell you to to love your enemies and and pray for your enemies. And I don't think he's saying you pray yeah. that God would curse yeah. them. And yeah. of course, the problem is he's hanging from the cross and he's unjustly charged. And yet he prays not father, send them all to hell. But he says, Father, forgive them. Yeah. So that, you know, if we just take Jesus out of the picture, I don't think there's any trouble with the imprecatory psalms at all. It's 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 <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. who makes us wonder what's going on here. And now, Matt, you actually had some really, really outstanding insights about what may be going on here. I will turn it over to you. Jesus turns it all on his head, doesn't he, John? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that's the way he does things, right? Uh, so oftentimes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, what, what did I say, John? I don't... <laughs> Oh, no, a man. Weeks. Didn't you I, take well, some notes? Can, can you remind me of my great insight? <laughs> I already told you what I remembered. <laughs> so seriously, Matt, are you having trouble remembering the things? <laughs> well, I would say this. I, yeah. I would say this, that, you know, when, when Jesus called... <laughs> I'm sorry, John. No. <laughs> I'll last last week's episode. Um at another time. But, well, I, you know, yeah, I would say we are called to do those things, right? What you just yes. listed. We yeah. are called to, to, to love our enemy. We are called to, um, we, we are called to, right, turn the other cheek and all those things that, that Jesus instructs. That is our job. That's our yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. But if, if, again, if we, when it comes to vengeance, um, <laughs> um, that's in God's hands, not ours. You know, yeah, Jesus, yeah, he calls us to do all those things, love our neighbor. Yeah, for sure. That's what we do. But then, you know, if, if there's vengeance to be done, that's in God's hands. And then, that, that, you know, from Romans, that's a New Testament thing. This is Paul writing this in the New Testament. Vengeance is the Lord's. Um, yeah. And and to temper that with uh, pray for your enemies, though, John, I think yes. that, that yeah. you brought up. I think that's what's, you know, that that is difficult, right? So what does a prayer for our enemies sound like? And if we are praying for vengeance upon them, I think perhaps vengeance with a purpose, vengeance with the purpose of them coming to repentance, um, God's law at work in them so that they might repent 
and that they might believe. You know, if we truly have suffered unjustly, yeah, they need to seek forgiveness for that. They need to repent of that. And might God's vengeance work that in them uh, so that they come to that repentance? Oh, and, and see, I like that thought, Matt, uh, uh, because I, I think our present culture would say, oh, well, just let them be. Uh, but at the same time, if they're doing something that, that's mean and nasty and harmful, and certainly, as you've described, the situation we're talking about here, this is not any kind of ordinary conflict. This is where people are, are unjustly and, and uh, unrighteously uh, condemning and attacking someone who doesn't deserve it. Uh, yeah, doesn't, doesn't justice call out to say, no, that, that, I mean, could we honestly say, oh, well, Adolf Hitler, you know, he, he didn't really mean, no, of course he meant harm, you know? Yeah. Uh, of course, you know, oh, man, that's C.S. Lewis. I was surprised because he deals with the imprecatory psalms in one of his essays, and he came up with a thought I never thought of before. Have we done this? Have we ever treated people in such a way that they would feel this way about us, that they might be cursing us before God? And I thought, well, I hope I haven't done that, but you know what? As I think back over my life, there there probably have been some things I've done uh, where I made promises that I didn't fall through on or or people expected I'd be there to help them, and for whatever reason, I didn't. And maybe in there, they wouldn't say it. Yeah, you were too polite to say it out loud, but maybe uh, underneath their breath and in their thoughts, they're thinking, that, that Lekomsky, you just can't rely on him. Man, am I angry, mad at him. Uh, yeah. and I, Yeah. Because yeah. I think when we put ourselves in the Psalms or, or anywhere in Scripture— we're, we're the ones that come out looking pretty good. <laughs> we're the yeah. ones praying the imprecatory psalm because someone's wronged us and now we're going to cry out to God. But yeah. could we put ourselves in the place of the one who is uh, being prayed against, right? Uh, being oh. prayed about. And yeah. uh, like you point out, C.S. Lewis. And if, if we are, uh, then yeah, it, it is time to repent. It is time to repent before the Lord, but also repent to that one that we've, that we've harmed, that we've wronged, to go to them seeking their forgiveness. And, and, and see, there it is again. But, but I, you still can't get, get away from the, the, the imprecatory stuff here from David, because I'm looking at the next verse. He says, let them be blotted out of the book of the <laughs> living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. Yes. Uh, and, and you almost have to think, but, but David, David, maybe you are the one that needs to take a moment. Maybe you're the one that maybe should reflect and repent. Uh, yeah. Because you certainly have, oh my goodness! Think of what he did to to Uriah, uh, and if Uriah was aware of that, now thank God for David's sake, Uriah wasn't. Yes. But if Uriah became aware of what he did with his wife, and and the threats and the the the, the attempt to kill Uriah, I can see Uriah, sp with justly speaking this psalm, couldn't he? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think I think another thing that plays into this then is, you know, especially you blot them out of, you know, your remembrance. And, and David gets pretty extreme here. It, I think another important point is the imprecatory Psalms, too, I think, are are descriptive rather than ah, prescriptive. Yes. So you need to make yeah. that distinction, too. So they are describing most certainly what David prayed. Yeah, he did pray these before the Lord. He did ask for these curses to, to come upon his enemies and, and for vengeance to be exacted from the Lord, for sure. Now, is that a prescription for us? Does that mean that we should 
uh, sit down with Psalm 69 tonight, have a list of the people that have wronged us, and start praying that they their Absolutely. camp is desolate. <laughs> Matt, thank you. This is the greatest advice I've heard on any show in KFU. So again, tell me what I'm supposed to do. I make a list of the people. No. No, John, John, no, don't. No? Do don't. Do that. No. Uh, yeah, you're the, the spite list, John. We'll call it John's spite list. That's right. Uh, yeah. Who do you want to strike down, John? Make the list. I, I just hope I'm not on the list. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, it's so this is what David did, no doubt. Can't deny that. We, you know, this is, we don't want to rip this out of our Bibles. No, man, this is, this is God's word and this is what David did. But yet it's not prescriptive for us. It's not as though we are called to call you know, the exact curses upon our enemies. This is not the purpose of those imprecatory psalms. So maybe what we have here, Matt, is what we Lutherans like to call the law. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and in that respect, we all deserve to have someone saying a psalm like this about us. We've all done sins, and, and maybe, that's the, maybe that's why we have trouble with the imprecatory psalms, because we don't realize, yeah, we have committed the sins that we should be blotted out of the, the, the book of the living. We should not be enrolled among the righteous. That's right. That's how deep and troublesome our sins are. This could be spoken about us. But, but see, then, then it makes a whole difference when Jesus says, yeah, you've heard that said, all right? Mm-hmm, but I'm telling mm-hmm. you, that's not how God works. That's not how God works. God doesn't, he doesn't curse those who curse him. No, no, God, God dies for those that curse him so that yeah. they might forgive. God prays yeah. that they might be forgiven. Uh, well, exactly. thank you, because now you, this whole business about descriptive and prescriptive, you, you, you've given me a whole different picture of the imprecatory psalm at all. Maybe, and, maybe yeah. it's a, go ahead, Matt. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I just, I'm just excited because I think, that is what you just shared. It can be a beautiful, beautiful statement of gospel uh, because, okay, David suffers unjustly. And what does he do? Well, he calls curses upon his enemies, right? Yeah. And then we have David's greater son. We have Jesus Christ. Talk about suffering unjustly. Jesus was sinless. <laughs> he yeah. did not deserve to be nailed to a cross. He did not deserve to be on trial and a crown of thorns and be crucified, right? Unjustly. And yet, instead of calling curses upon his enemies, which, by the way, could include us by nature, right? Enemies of God. Um, Instead of calling curses upon, like you said earlier, John, he says, Father, forgive. I mean, wow. You know, when you you contrast that between David and and the son of David, Jesus, wow, what what a beautiful message of gospel that we see in Jesus Christ when he suffers unjustly. So so here's, here's what I'm thinking, Matt. Um, so you got to love the Psalms because we got a guy who's, who's a believer like you and me, and he's just saying what he's feeling. And a lot of times what he says, and we've seen this in, in previous Psalms, you guys need to go back and repick your Psalms because I'm thinking you could have had a lot easier Psalms, but we had all kinds of Psalms like this where, you know, there's a, uh, you, you better kiss the sun or his wrath will break out on you real quickly and he'll dash the nations with a rod. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh man. But, but anyway, so, so my point is you've got a believer and he's just telling God how he feels. Okay. Uh, which that's a comforting thing to know that sometimes we can feel so hurt that, that, that we just want to curse people. We just want to curse them because they've just, They've been so mean to us, and it was undeserved. And we, 
we can feel that way. We can feel that way. Uh, and, and yet then Jesus comes and he says, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you, you do feel that way. But let's let's wrestle with the fact that that's that's not right. Don't sit back and pat yourself on the back and say, yeah, I'm, I'm a good man because mm-hmm. I'm a sinner, too. And, and other people could say the same things about me. And, and then, oh, Lord, I guess I have no other choice but to turn to you and say, God, God, forgive me. And of course, Jesus says, well, that that was the plan all along. That's what I wanted to do all along. But you were so focused in your anger at the other fellow that you didn't understand that, that I just want to forgive you. And, and here's the crazy thing, the guy you hate. I, I don't want him to die either. But but again, as you pointed out earlier, Matt, oh, no, he's got to repent. No, oh, no, you can't just let him go on doing evil. That's not good for him. It's not good for the people around him, certainly, either. But but I, I would I would that he repent and live. That's that's what I want. Yeah. Um, so so anything else, Matt? Well, I would just say, you know, a, apart from repentance and apart from faith, yeah. you know, <laughs> there, there's trouble, right? You're in, you know, that's not yeah. good. And so that that is a loving thing, because I think that leads to maybe one more point about the imprecatory Psalms. I think there is an element of uh, eschatology here. Oh, okay? okay. Eschatology okay. means you know, the study of and looking at the, the end times, you know, the time of Jesus' return. And the, the truth of the matter is when, when Christ returns, uh, those who are apart from Jesus Christ, those who haven't repented, who haven't believed, as far as what's been revealed to us, John, um, they are going to, to face some of these things that David even writes about, you know, uh, not being among the righteous, you know, in, in Psalm 69, verse 28, you know, apart from Christ, yeah, we think about the, the sheep and the goats and and even uh, those words to them of depart from me, right? Uh, into the place prepared for the devil and his angels. Um, so apart from the repentance that perhaps these these psalms call us to, um, that is, that's what's going to happen. In the end, those who have you know, done, you know, those who have, have persecuted, you know, even Jesus himself unjustly and, and or, you know, and, and refused to believe, um, this is the result, is uh, to not be among the righteous. Um, and that's that's difficult thing to, to, to comprehend, too, just like these imprecatory psalms. And, and, and yet, you know, see, that's the thing. You're right. It is a reminder that, that, trust me, you look around the world and there's evil, there's wickedness. See, see, that's the problem with the world. The world wants to say, oh, no, oh man, the world is just full of evil and wickedness. It's going on all over the place. And, and But the thing is, it'll all come to an end. Trust me, none of the evil, wicked people out there now will continue to do their evil and wickedness forever. <laughs> there will be an end for yes. all of them. The trick, though, as you think about eschatology is to remember, and, and, and that's how it, it ought to be for us, too. If God just left us to our own resources, then we're all going to be on that side, and he'll say, depart from me. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what he would say to all of us, except except he he decided to come into our world and take upon our flesh and to suffer and die for us and to rise again, you know? Uh, so it isn't going to be that way for us because of his grace and his mercy. And then for us to realize, oh, yeah, yeah, he really wants that for everybody. Uh, sad to say it won't be for everybody. There will be people who will refuse, which seems incredible to think that somebody would refuse for to have God's love and forgiveness. But we, we know from the Bible it will be. But, um, yeah, I think that changes your attitude towards those who have sinned against you. It's not that you're you're happy or you rejoice in their sins against you, but, but you understand, man, please help them to see they're wrong and 
please help them to know that there is still a God that loves them. And then, Lord, help me. Help me then to, even even as they're troubling me, to, to do everything I possibly can to be of help and service to them. Uh, Matt, you got a yeah. half a minute here. <laughs> yeah, to have the confidence that when Christ returns, he's going to say, you know, welcome to the, the kingdom, yeah. right? And, and to know that that is, you know, not because of us. So that doesn't become a thing of pride, yeah. but we're yeah. just in awe of the mercy and grace that has been shown to us for the sake of Jesus Christ. And that motivates us for wanting others to know that same grace, that same mercy, so that they too may be welcomed into the kingdom that's been prepared for them through Jesus' death, through his resurrection. So next week, what psalm? What kind of well, psalm? Well, let's look at some psalms of trust. There's some beautiful psalms of trust. So I uh, hope our listeners are able to tune in once again to Wrestling with the Basics. Many church workers always knew they wanted to serve in Christ's church, but for some, the passion to become a pastor, teacher, deaconess, or other full-time church worker came later in life. Leaving a career to pursue this life of service is not without challenges, yet these are sacred and joyous vocations unlike any other. Set apart to serve, the Church Work Recruitment Initiative of the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate is here to help. Visit kfuo.org SAS to learn how you can put your experience and skills to work through full-time service in Christ's church. That's kfuo.org SAS.